tonight's one, 1983. And today is the first episode in a brand new series. We're calling it Splat Zones. So for our inaugural episode, we brought you a special guest. I'm going to let him introduce himself today. Hi guys, I'm Mario After Party, and it is an honor to be part of the very first Splat Zones show. Alright guys, we have a hell of a topic today. We have a topic that is literally game changing. <laughs> Today's episode, episode one, Pokemon Go. We've had a week to sit here and dwell on it. Now, it's time to tell you what we think and what we think might happen. So, before we even get started into that, let's go ahead, let's learn about Mr. Mario After Party. Mario After Party, what is your connection to Pokemon? Well, I started playing Pokemon um, pretty much the year it was released in North America, which I think was 98. And um, I don't really remember if I started watching the show first, or if I had the game first, but I believe I had the... Um, the game first. I had the uh, blue version, and pretty much ever since then, I've been hooked on it. All right, that's what's up, Gen Warner. That shows you we we are a little old, but we still game very thoroughly. I am a Gen Warner as well. I uh, I actually remember buying the game. It's so crazy. I was actually grounded due to a bad report card, and I snuck out of my parents' house. To uh, to go to the BX, because we grew up off we grew up in Germany, we grew up on a military base. I snuck off, went to the went to the local shopping center, bought Pokemon, snuck back into my house, opened up my Game Boy, plugged the game in, and from that moment I was hooked. I've always you been. Got it on base? I got it on base. I went to the BX, dude. I snuck on. I snuck out of my parents' house, ran to the PX, bought it, oh. ran back, got out the power zone. I didn't even know what the game was. I just needed a game to play. It was so bad. I was like, I was like, I didn't, I didn't know anything about Pokemon because I actually bought it before they started showing the TV show in Germany. So I actually, I bought the game a week before they started showing it on TV, and I remember playing that game really slow because I was addicted, and right away. I just started level grinding, so it took me like one week to get from the first to the second gym. So that was pretty funny. Uh, anyway guys, so that's a little bit of background on our Pokemon. But what are we playing now? I know right now I'm hooked on Splatoon. What about you, Mr. After yeah, Party? Splatoon has... Pretty much, I mean... I was playing uh, Xenoblade Chronicles for the uh, new 3DS and uh, Smash Bros for the Wii U before Splatoon, but since Splatoon, I really haven't been playing anything else. <laughs> I was actually playing Smash during my lunch break today. Uh, it's been a while, I was like, but, man, I such a good game. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. So, guys... We have a great show planned. So the first question on the list is what is Pokemon Go? 
Well, according to the official Pokemon.com website, the description of the game goes as follows. Travel between the real world and the virtual world of Pokemon with Pokemon Go for iPhone and Android devices. With Pokemon Go, you'll discover Pokemon in a whole new world, your own. Pokemon Go will use real location information to encourage players to search far and wide in the real world to discover Pokemon. That says a lot to me right there. This is something completely different from your standard Pokemon game. Your standard Pokemon game, even though they are portable, for the most part, I always play my Pokemon games in my living room or my bedroom. They're encouraging people to get up and do something. Right off the bat, that's very unique for video games in general. Uh, it's kind of like what they originally planned for the Wii, where they wanted people to get up and do stuff. Uh, I think that lasted all of 10 minutes, however, however long Wii Sports drove people crazy for. But uh, I, I got to applaud uh, Nintendo and Niantic and uh, Game Freak and the Pokemon Company. They are they're really going outside of the normal boundaries of what we expect in, in traditional gaming. Uh, the description goes on to say, the Pokemon video game series has always valued open and social experiences, such as connecting with other players to enjoy trading and battling. Pokemon Go's gameplay experience goes beyond what appears on screen, as players explore their neighborhoods, communities, and the world that they live in to discover Pokemon alongside their friends and other players. Again, that's always kind of been the basis of Pokemon, is connectivity. Right down to the original game, you know, remember the, the old Link cables? Did you ever, uh, from one Game Boy to I the do. Next? I, I, I do remember, actually, because one day I was really mad at my sister, and she was trying to trade me her Onyx to evolve it into a Steelix, and during the trade, I unplugged the, um, the, the cable, and <laughs> in, the, in the process of the trade, the Pokemon actually, like, got deleted, so it, it wasn't on her Game Boy or my Game Boy anymore. Oh and my I was God. like, oh, the Pokemon fell on the floor. Oh, it's it's on the floor. You need to pick it up. And she was pissed because her Onyx that I was supposed to trade back to her once it evolved was, like, gone forever. So, yes, I remember the cables. <laughs> All right. Well, this seems to be going a little bit more stable. We're going to be using, uh, looks like our... Our, our cell phones, uh, wire internet connections to go ahead and trade and battle and find Pokemon. The, basically, the game in a nutshell, let's, let's put it down in a nutshell. What, what they really have confirmed thus far is it's a mobile game for Android and iPhone. It's going to give you the ability to catch wild Pokemon trade while trade Pokemon and battle those that's what they've confirmed and they've confirmed that it will all be done using your GPS Bluetooth and your wireless your wireless network so I, that's pretty advanced technology considering that Nintendo really doesn't even have their Wi-Fi down pat so you kind of wonder which of the three companies is taking the lead as far as that. I would have to assume Niantic 
uh, who was the uh, the second main developer of the game, they appear to uh, they've made a game called Ingress, and Ingress is very similar in scope to Pokemon Go. So, I think in the long run, the uh, they're gonna be con doing the the majority of the development. I think that's what we're gonna get on that end. Because uh, I just don't think Nintendo has, like, the understanding of the mobile market enough to really make that determination of how how to move forward with it. So I think Niantic will take the lead on that. Uh, there's a lot of big names that were involved in the product. Uh, more specifically, the uh, Matsu Masuda, who has been involved with Pokemon since the very beginning... So I think there's a lot to look forward to on the development side because this game might be more traditional Pokemon than certain Pokemon games in the franchise, uh, specifically Black and White, which are real big departures from most Pokemon games. Alright, so that's what the game is. Now let's talk about the one accessory they've announced for this game. Pokemon Go Plus. From the trailer, what could you infer about Pokemon Go Plus? Well, the most interesting thing I noticed about the trailer was that um, it's obviously being marketed towards adults, which I think this is going to be the first Pokemon game that has ever been marketed um, towards adults. Because usually the demographic that plays Pokemon, or at least the targeted demographic, is really like that seven, eight-year-old range up to like maybe 12 or 13-year-olds. But if you look at the Pokemon Go trailer, most of those people in that trailer are old. Like every single person in that trailer is in their, you know, early 20s or, or older. And there are only, I think, two children in that trailer. And both of those kids are with their parents who are also playing the game with them. Now, I think the, the interesting thing behind that is that um, obviously because it's a, a game that's coming out on Android and iOS, you know, most little kids don't have cell phones. So Nintendo has to market this game towards adults because it's going to be the uh, teenage crowd and, and older that are going to be able to have access to this game. Kids aren't really going to be able to play it um, because most, you know, eight-year-olds don't have an iPhone or, or a, a Galaxy. So um, I thought that was interesting. But it, it makes sense because um, right now, uh, within the past year or two, the mobile gaming industry has really eaten into Nintendo's profits as far as their um, you know portable gaming is concerned. The uh, 3DS has been selling well, but the sales have been decreased uh, a lot within the past year and that's because of mobile gaming so Nintendo really um, they know they need to jump on board with this and they know that they need to market this game to the same audience that is playing mobile gaming that's true I completely agree with you but to go even further like to go even further with that same point it's something else that I don't know if maybe you know I know everybody should know to notice this by now but they're only showing Gen 1 Pokemon as well. So you got the older demographic. 
and then they're showing Gen 1 Pokemon. I think they're trying to bring back that old, older demographic that may have aged out. You know, every year, gamers come in yeah, and I gamers agree. leave. So, I think they pandered I, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's a it's almost I, I don't think they pandered. I think that's it. I think that's smart because you're right. Like the, a lot of the people that played Pokemon when they were younger uh, didn't always continue playing it when they were older. So it's it's Gen One is the most recognizable because most people will recognize Pikachu and Mewtwo and you know Charmander and all those uh, Pokemon from Gen One. And um, but Nintendo was smart though because you know, kind of like, not in the, in the sense of the game itself, but they don't have to develop a system to play this game. They don't have to develop the hardware because they can take advantage of a cell phone's GPS capabilities and the high-def camera function without having to worry about developing that themselves. Absolutely. <clears throat> uh, I think the only other thing that the uh, trailer really gives us good insight on is uh, the very end of the trailer there was a, a raid it looked like you know where it looked like an event had popped up on the uh, on the phone uh, the young woman in the, in the trailer she was notified of the event she started looking around and she started people gathering towards 42nd Street in New York they all get into Times Square and the big screen gives them that catch Mewtwo. So it looks like from that trailer, we're going to get giant raid events that uh, that you can participate in with other people. I mean, in the beginning of the trailer, we see catching of the wild Pokemon. We see trading between, you know, the mother and the father and the child. We saw them trade. We saw a battle between uh, three skater boys and three young girls in their in their car. And then we see this raid, and we see this epic battle between Mewtwo, and how fitting is it that a Pikachu ends up finishing, you know, being like the mascot since inception. It, it, that raid, man, that raid was insane. Like, I'm not going to lie, when I saw the trailer for the first time, and I saw like Mewtwo going at it, like it was kind of like what I always kind of imagined what Pokemon in real life would be. I'm like, man, that would be awesome. So it almost brought a tear to my eye. I felt like the, I felt like the heat in my eyes, like when they start to get watery. But it was like, at the end, of it, it was like a good, joyous moment. I was like, man, what have they done? And it's not like what have they done in a bad way. It's like what have they done for gaming? I know back when Nintendo said that they were going to participate in the making of mobile games. Both you and I were pretty skeptical, thinking, oh, they're probably going to come out with Mario Poker or Mario Endless Runner. And instead, what we get is the exact opposite. We get a full-fledged, legit Pokemon game. We get Basically, we get Pokemon in real life. And yeah, we're going to talk no, about was, more of this. Like, Go ahead. It was definitely a flash mob battle in the Times Square. That was pretty awesome. It was amazing. It it, it really and, was. And the it's crazy. true. We're getting a game for iOS. It's it's unlike any other Pokemon game that has ever come out before. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think anybody expected it. Uh, I know 
the morning, uh, that was September 10th, I woke up that morning, I had to go to work. Uh, my routine is get up, check my phone, then take a shower. So I got up, I checked my phone, and my younger brother, he had sent me a text. I was like, when did he send this text? I was like, he texted me at 6 o'clock in the morning, but I couldn't see the text, so I was like, oh crap, something's wrong. And instead, he sends me the link to the press conference. Uh, and I was, I didn't watch the press conference right away because I was like, oh, I'm too, I, I have to get ready for work. Uh, I took a shower, left the house, got stuck in traffic. While I was in traffic, I watched the press conference. And, and it blew my mind the things that they were saying. I was like, wow. They're trying something really bold here. You know, I expect this from, you know, I don't expect this from mobile developers, let alone, you know, a console developer. So to get to, to for them to try something like this, it, it's a statement. It's a statement. And this is the statement I think Nintendo needs to make post the water. Because uh, Nintendo went through a restructuring. We got a new president. We we uh, they banded the, the the their development companies into one brand. Uh, there's a lot of restructuring at Nintendo post Iwata. So I think we really needed a very strong message to be sent. And I think right off the bat, they came hard. They came real hard. All right. <clears throat> so there's one more thing in the trailer that they showed. It was a little wristband. Some people were wearing it on their wrist. Others were wearing it in their breast pocket. And that's Pokemon Go Plus. Uh, from what they describe that as, it's a little Bluetooth connected device that's actually being made by Nintendo. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but what, the, what it's supposed to do is alert you when either a trainer is in your region or... A wild Pokemon is in your region, or if there's one of those uh, flash mob slash raids that we saw, it's supposed to keep you connected, even when you're not visibly looking at your phone. And I think that's exciting because I can imagine some pretty intense battles going down at the airport. That would be insane. I, I People would, from all. Yeah, and you know I live in Florida. We have a giant international airport right right down the road, and. I can only imagine people wearing this because it, it's going to lead to a lot of excitement. Uh, I almost had like a... I, I do have one worry though. It's This part of the project is being handled strictly by Nintendo. Um, I think what worries me about this is Nintendo has really high quality control standards. And that's part of the reason why we don't have a very strong Amiibo supply. Like, Amiibo have been out for a year in November. So we're, we're, we're what, 10 months in to the Amiibo thing? And they have not been able to keep up with the demand. I honestly see Pokemon the Pokemon Go Plus wrist accessory, I see that being... Something that becomes difficult to get your hands on. 
I, I disagree. I, I don't think the Pokemon uh, Go uh, Plus wristbands are going to be a collector's item like the Amiibos are. So I don't think you're going to have the same level of uh, scalping or people trying to buy multiple ones to collect them. You're, you're just going to see people getting ones for themselves. I don't think there's going to be um, a really big issue with that. Plus, Nintendo only has to come out with one um, peripheral for that game. They don't have to make different types of uh, wristbands like they do with the Amiibos. I'm sure they will come out with different kinds just to be, you know, like a Pikachu version or a Ultra Ball or a Master Ball version, but I'm I don't think they're going to be collector's items like the Amiibos are. That's true. Uh, yeah, still, you know, but I'm just going to, I'm going to reserve, I'm going to keep myself reserved as far as the availability of this. Uh, they haven't even announced where we can buy it. Uh, so, you know, right. I'm going to keep myself reserved. There is one interesting thing about it that uh, really caught my attention. It's in the shape of a geotag, like uh, a point on the map. Like if you took your iPhone out and you went on your Google Maps and you put a pin down, it looks exactly like a Pokeball pin on a map. I think that's very clever. It's like they were trying to say... Hey, let's let's. It's a little tongue-in-cheek little joke, but I thought they they pulled that off really well. I think the design of it looks great. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of the Poco the Poco Walker uh, from Heart Gold and Soul Silver. It was like a little Pokeball that you clip to your belt or your or your pants, and you walk and it took steps. It's very reminiscent of that, so I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, this is an accessory that I have to have. If it enhances the gameplay experience at all, just because sometimes I don't like all the updates going to my phone, and I know that this is a this this is an app that I'll probably be running for a while, so I'd rather have the notifications come to my wrist or my you know my breast pocket versus you know the phone. And it's cool that it's a it's going to be a Bluetooth connected device, so it's it's always going to be connected to your phone as long as you have both items on you. I think really clever way of uh, bringing some more interactivity to the game. So I thought that was cool. So I think this right here is my favorite question. What can we infer from the trailer and the press conference? Based on, based on what you saw, what do you think we actually are going to get? Uh, I'll let you lead off on this one. First off, like, just to get into the act, I know we've been talking about um, the companies involved and the, you know, hardware and the software and the features, but when it comes to the game itself, I'm really excited because I think if it's executed properly, it's going to be like no um, augmented reality game that has ever been before. And that's a genre that really hasn't been... Um, developed that much and I mean I'm excited I can foresee myself wandering around you know like a homeless man in the forest looking for freaking and I mean the amount of features are endless we could go on and on just about you know how is how is the gym leader uh, system going to be set up how are they going to have um, special locations where, you know, if you come to Tampa or if you come to, like, 
let's say, the state of Florida during this month, you will be able to a shiny Pokemon of this kind. Or if, if you go to the Grand Canyon during this time of the... You know, I mean, the possibilities are endless. And I'll let you kind of, like, decide which topics you want to discuss. But, I mean, I'm, I'm so excited about this game because, you know, we really don't know what it's going to be like. But, I mean, especially with the, the gym leader system. I mean, how do you think that that's going to work with, with the, the gym leader system? See... This is this is something they you know they haven't spec we they haven't really discussed but how deep this go this is like how deep does the do they make this game go does it do we have a gym leader structure because that's my first thing you really want to tell the Pokemon in the real world Pokemon in real life then that statement alone basically tells me that if you want to bring us that you have to have some kind of gym leader structure. Um, at least in, in my opinion, to get the full experience that that uh, that you of a real Pokemon game, gym leaders, Elite Four, does this become part of the Pokemon World Championships that they hold every year? What like what kind of structure do they want to bring into the game? Like, do they want to do they want to give us full on full fledged battles with gym leaders? Because that's something I want. You know, if you're gonna as a Pokemon fan, a hardcore Pokemon fan, I want some kind of gym leader structure. I, you know, I want to go... This is something, like I said, the Pokemon World Championships happen every year. This is something you could bring to that platform. A new way. A new, have an Elite Four. You know, have qualifying gym battles in major states. You know, Florida, Texas, New York, California, Colorado. You know, have... Set up major, you know, set up eight gym leaders. And the people who can beat all eight gym leaders, have them compete at the Pokemon World Championships to, to, uh, to determine, you know, Pokemon Master for that year. Like, who, who, will yeah. be, who will be the top? This is, I mean, you're right, the possibilities are endless. It would be exciting if they allowed you to be a gym leader yourself based on your performance of battles against other people if there is some sort of a ranking system within like let's say um a 20 mile radius of you and all those people within a 20 mile radius the top players would be gym leaders um for certain badges and other people would have to seek you out to you know defeat you to get that badge or or something like that i don't i don't really know how that would work but um I mean, if Nintendo executes this properly, I think this game has the potential to be the first mobile game to become Game of the Year for 2016. That's actually really true. Yeah, it's it's one of these possibilities or endless type of deals where it, it just it all it really does it just depends on the structure. If they can get the structure even remotely where they want it to be or where we want it to be as fans if they can meet fan expectations by even half then there's a lot of stuff that that comes about this it changes mobile gaming most definitely because now games like Candy Crush that they, they mean nothing in the grand scheme of things because it's like who wants to play Candy Crush when you can actually play in the real world Pokemon. Um, 
and it just it really gets gets my attention that you know they've been really vague about like a lot of the details but you know when we discussed it before yeah we the first thing that came to our mind is gym leader structure and elite force structure and possibly going to like the Pokemon World Championships and competing in a Pokemon Go tournament you know it's there's a lot of stuff that we can like basically infer so now that we 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 basically you know made our assumptions what is it that you personally want out of the game like what are your actual expectations i mean like i said i think if it's executed properly it has the potential to be the first um you know cell phone game to be, to make game of the year or at least to get into that that honorable mention category I agree. I think really the only true expectation I have... Because my imagination is kind of running wild right now. I I think it's going to be a good game. And I, but I, I don't think... I don't think the first generation of this game is going to truly fulfill its potential. I believe the, the first uh, version of this game is going to be really good. I don't think it's going to be as good as I want it to be because my imagination is kind of running wild right now. But I do think that as they come out with um, the second iteration of this game and the third iteration, it's going to continue to evolve and improve. They're going to find out what features work, what doesn't work, and they're also going to find out how to make what does work work better. So the first game is kind of, it's uncharted territory. I really don't know how good this game is going to be. I do think it's going to be good, but I don't know if it's going to be as great as I want it to be. Yeah, and I, I'm of the same mind. I uh, I think this is like a very it's it's very experimental. It's experimental of all the companies involved, with the exception of Niantic. You know, Ingress has been pretty successful for them. You know, they 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 have world tournaments for Ingress. They they know what they're getting into. Uh, Nintendo and the Pokemon Company. I think for them this is new territory, but. I honestly think this is a game that will iterate upon itself. They'll have, you know, Pokemon Go, Gold and Silver, Pokemon Go, Ruby and Sapphire, Pokemon Go, Black and White, etc., etc., Diamond and Pearl, X and Y. I think we'll eventually get to the point where they can catch up because the one thing about, uh, you know, mobile games is they're really easy to iterate on and they're easy. It's easy to develop for. They're easier to make sync uh, sequels for. So we could get annual turnarounds. Right. We can get annual turnarounds between sequels. Maybe even sooner than annual. Or who's to say that we don't even need sequels? What are the possibility of updating a mobile game? It's easier to update mobile games than it is to update, you know, games like Smash or Splatoon. So who's to say we even right. need to purchase a separate product? Well, the and the good thing about that is Nintendo doesn't have to worry about the heart. Exactly. They're going to update their hardware for Nintendo. So all Nintendo has to do is sit back, read the specs for whatever new model comes out, and make games for that specific hardware. All they have to do is focus on the software. And I think that's going to be interesting because Nintendo's never had to do that before. Everything Nintendo's ever made has always been 
for a hardware device that they created. Exactly. But I think this will lead to more frequent games. You're not going to see a lot of delays or really long waits in between each iteration like you see with, you know, some of the other franchises like, you know, with Zelda or Star Fox or exactly. maybe sometimes Mario Kart, you know, but you don't get those games, but sometimes once a um, console generation, a console, but for the Pokemon Go series, right, I, for the Pokemon Go series though, I think it could be, um, it could be something that, you know, Nintendo is able to pump out more iterations of the game or at least make those iterations better because they don't have to focus on the hardware. Samsung and Apple and, you know, all those other companies are going to take care of that for them. Exactly. So this is a big question. What does this game mean for the main series of Pokemon games? Or, and is this the natural evolution of Pokemon? I'm of the frame of mind that this doesn't kill the main series of games, but this is clearly the natural evolution of not just the Pokemon franchise, but of gaming in general. Uh, I'm not saying that mobile games are going to replace console gaming ever. I don't think that's ever going to happen, and we're going to always develop console gaming far, and, and it'll always outpace mobile gaming. But I think for the Pokemon franchise in general, this is, this is evolution. This is... This is a this is the right direction for the franchise. There's a lot of Nintendo franchises, a lot of Nintendo IP. To be honest, this is the only IP that can tackle this kind of project. This is the only IP that you can experiment like this with. Like, in my opinion, if they iterate on this game, if this first game does well, and they enhance and or you know either sequelize or or update and enhance the game properly. This could become Pokemon proper, where we are always outside playing Pokemon, and it becomes second nature, just like it is to pick up a Game Boy or a DS. Yeah, I agree. I I, I agree. I don't think it's going to kill the regular um, series. I think it's, it's just like branches on a tree. You have console gaming, you have portable console gaming, and now you have a new branch of mobile gaming. And um, I think it's just the natural evolution of one more option. I don't think it's going to necessarily uh, like cannibalize the other options that we have. So, I mean, I agree. I don't think it's going to mess up the, you know, 3DS versions or, you know, whatever they give us for the Wii U. Now, this is crazy. They also have stated that uh, the games will connect between this and the next game in the main series. How? Like, I'm going to speculate that the uh, the Pokemon Go Plus wrist device can also store Pokemon uh, via some kind... I I'm certain that it'll have some either infrared or NFC capabilities. Specifically NFC just because of Amiibo. And the new 3DS hardware supports, you know, NFC reading. I have to speculate that this game supports NFC in which... You can probably bring Pokemon over between you know between the two platforms because there's just they they said they've claimed connectivity, but as far as I know, there is no handheld software developed by Nintendo that connects to you know 4, 3G 4G networks. 
So I'm going to speculate that this wrist device also has a amiibo written across the bottom of it. Uh, that's a good point. I really, I don't know what to expect, but I think uh, your guess is as good as anybody else's. That would be pretty cool, you know. I mean, I, I like it. I think I think it has to. If it, I think it, there's there's not a lot of options there. It's just the, the the hardware. No Nintendo hardware supports what what they're what they're claiming. Unless the NX is the bridge between not just mobile gaming, I mean not just handheld gaming, but between handheld and mobile gaming. It's just more more reasons to start speculating on that. Uh, I think this might be the most important question that we have tonight is. What does this game mean for Nintendo and their structure, especially Postawada? As far as I can tell, right off the bat, it looks like Nintendo's taking an extraordinarily serious approach to mobile gaming. Making Nintendo basically has two tiers, handheld and console, and it's been like that since the Game Boy. Uh, and in some in some cases, it looks like the Game Boy has sustained the company, more specifically, Pokemon has been able to sustain the company. The Game Boy was in its dying years when the, when Pokemon first arrived. The Game Boy had already been out for uh, 1989 to 1998. What's that? Nine years. We had nine years on one handheld. That handheld was, was on its deathbed. And it got a shot in the arm, and it really got to the point where the handheld was outpacing all of the consoles. So what does this mean for Nintendo? Because now, with this type of game, they don't capitalize on hardware sales. You know, you can't move, you can't move the needle anymore. You're, you're making a game that you can't specifically find a way to profit off of. Through hardware sales, the amiibos don't um, really capitalize on that either. The amiibos, I mean, you need the hardware to use the amiibos, but the amiibo sales have become more for collectors now. So they're not Nintendo's making a lot of money off of things that don't always connect to their hardware. I think it just it's just it's a good way for Nintendo to um, increase their their revenue without having to rely solely on the success of one system. Because if you have something like the Wii U that underperforms, you need to have a backup of, you know, ways to, to make money for your company, like the Amiibo craze or maybe with mobile gaming um, to just kind of branch out so that, you know, your entire company is not relying on the success of one console or one portable console you know, to be profits for that quarter. Um, I mean, it should be good, though. I mean, I'm excited, you know. Yeah, I think in the long term, I, I have to agree with you in the sense that uh, Amiibo don't really profit, you know, them as far as, like, you know, their hardware. So they do always need the hardware to back up what the Amiibo does. I mean, they've, they've kind of been blessed in the fact that the hardware has almost become inconsequential with Amiibo uh, just because the collector's market has really attached itself to Amiibo. Uh, 
this is this is a different situation. I, I really hope that. Well, you know, and and you know what? We're wrong. They do capitalize off of hardware still. You know, the Pokemon Go Plus, the you know that wrist accessory. You know, they they are there is some type of hardware, but depending on the price point, how it, it will really determine how much they truly capitalize on it. Um, as far as what I think it actually means for the company as a whole, this is this seems like it's going to be like their first real foray into. Uh, the mobile market. I think based on the success of this game will determine the quality of the games that we get from here on out. Uh, I think if this game is really well received then we'll get a we'll get more games like this more quality more games of this type of quality more more bold direction for the games. I think that's what we're, what we're going for in the long run is this bolder direction for Nintendo. And uh, like I said, post-Iwata, we really need them to, to step it up and be bold. Alright, so this is our final question of the night. Will you play this game and will you buy into the Pokemon Go Plus accessory? <laughs> Shoke. I'm really feeling it. I'm really feeling Pokemon Go right now. I'm right. really feeling it. So we are down to the final question before we hit up our closing thoughts. Will you play this game? Will you buy into the Pokemon Go accessory? And how, how much do you think you'll actually be playing this game? I'm not gonna play this game at all. I have no interest. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna. I told you, like, I can foresee like little kids wandering through the forest, falling off cliffs, trying to like catch a Pikachu. It's gonna be. It's gonna be crazy. I'm. I'm gonna be. Really excited. I mean, for, I don't live in a big city, so it's hard to interact with other people. But I know that like. Um, I'm probably going to play the game a lot when I go on vacation or when I travel because I'm going to be really excited to use it in areas where there's a lot of people, especially like, you know, at the airport, just being able to play against people from other countries or, you know, even just, you know, other places around the States. Like if you're like, you know, walking through your terminal and all of a sudden it's like, what? There's another, you know, there's another trainer in the area and it's like, you know, if you got like a layover and you got time for a Pokemon battle, I mean, that's going to be exciting. I'm going to, depending on how um, interactive they make this game will depend on how much I play it. But um, I can see myself, you know, definitely using this game a lot um, when I travel. Exactly. I'm more of the frame of mind that I will buy this game regardless, to be honest. This is a game, you know, I, as a, I'm a collector. As a collector, you, you're going... The, Nintendo took a, this a little step further. I would have bought into this game if it was just the game. But Nintendo releasing some type of accessory, as a collector, as a fanboy, as the guy who runs a Nintendo YouTube channel, this is something I'm going to get. I might get two. One to keep in box and one to actually use and wear on a daily basis. This is something 
that I will use a lot. And I live in a, you know, I live in Tampa, metropolitan city. This 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 game will get me to explore Tampa all even further. It'll take me to, you know, depending on how in depth it goes, like for events, if there's an event in like Orlando or Miami and in and the, you know, the notification system for events is good, I'll travel. You know, it just depends on how good it is, but as of right now, I'm sold on the game. I'm I'm buying into it. I'm buying into the accessory. You know, going in there with a lot of faith. And I think even if we take Nintendo out of the equation, the Pokemon company itself has a pretty good track record of making good games. So just based off the strength of the Pokemon franchise, I buy into this. So I look forward to it. Uh, it's really, it's really bold. Like I said, man. I don't think anybody really predicted Nintendo to, to go this route or any any game company. You know, Sony doesn't. You know, I, I would If I was going to give anybody credit for making a game like this, I would have thought it would have been Sony. But it looks like Sony's completely abandoned any type of handheld slash mobile. Maybe, but really Nintendo's the only one with a franchise capable of doing this kind of game. I agree. I agree. It, and it literally comes down to Pokemon. Pokemon was the only franchise this works with. And and you're right. It's the only IP, you know, maybe you could have tried it with a different IP. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised it's it's Nintendo too because you're right. Normally you'd think it would be another company that would do this, but what other franchise could you do this with? I mean, it has to be Pokemon. Yeah, I think the only other franchise that even comes close to mind is Digimon and it's pretty much a Pokemon clone. Alright, so guys, we've come to the end of this show, our first episode. We had some technical difficulties, but the conversation was really good. Um, uh, Mr. Mario After Party, really appreciate you being on this very first episode. Uh, before we, we go today, what are your closing thoughts on the game? Uh, I'm excited, and thank you for having me. Always appreciate it. Always appreciate it. I, I knew this conversation would, would be really good. Uh, to be honest, guys, we had this conversation once before, but based on that conversation, I was like, this is a conversation we need to have again. This is something that I think the people who come to my channel want to hear. You know, you guys have been great. Again, we appreciate you guys always watching the videos, and we hope you enjoy this. Uh, as far as my closing thoughts on this is... This is a great direction for the Pokemon company to go in. Um, I, I've noticed that they've gone and they've made some bigger announcements in the last two years uh, as far as the Pokemon franchise that that I don't think, you know, in ways that we can't imagine. Uh, we got Pokemon Tournament coming out, so, you know, it looks like the Pokemon company is really putting, yeah, its, it's, it's putting its best foot forward. The Pokemon, you know, the Pokemon tournament, Pokemon company, is really branching out and giving us more than what we've come to expect, you know, out of them. You know, you know, we're getting that. And to anybody who watches me in the New York area, last bit of news that we have, I have for you is next week, Dave and Buster's Times Square Pokemon Pokemon tournament is playable. 
It's the first location in the States to get it. <laughs> Loading up that Splatfest. Oh, man. Uh, like I was saying, guys. Uh, right. You got uh, Pokemon Company is really branching out. If you're in the New York area, go play Pokemon Tournament this weekend because I definitely needed to come to the uh, Orlando location so that I can film Pokemon Tournament for you guys and some gameplay. Mario After Party, I want to thank you so much again for being on the first episode. It was the conversation it was exactly what I thought it would be. Technical difficulties aside, but that's what we have editing for. Uh, it was great. Guys, thank you so much for watching the Splat Zone. And as always, stay fresh! Stay fresh! Peace!